Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown Bonus episode. This week, we're talking about first love and why it leaves such a, a such an intense mark on who we are as people, why it seems like it's so hard to get over. Later in the episode, I'll also replay an episode that aired earlier this season from... Amy from New Perspectives, where we were talking about why high school relationships can be so impactful on you later in life. But I thought I would open this episode with some new content since that'll be a replay about first love because I find first love to be such an interesting topic because it kind of seems like it's a, a universal experience. It's a a canon event, as the kids say. And as somebody who's done this podcast for a while and seen a lot of relationships start in high school and see it really impact people in future relationships, I think it's really important that we take a deep dive into it. And it was something that was mentioned a lot in this week's main episode because the couple was, of course, high school sweethearts. And one of the main reasons that our interviewee decided to stay in this relationship was it was her first love. It was her high school relationship. It was really all she had ever known of love. And because they had built a life together, it was incredibly difficult to get out of. I was reading something about first love earlier from bigthink.com, which of course sounds very um, official, but I was reading this article about first love and why it's so impactful on our lives. And it quoted a psychologist named Jefferson Singer. And he says that between the ages of 15 and 26, you experience something called a memory bump. And it happens when you're experiencing your first, like driving a car, having sex for the first time or falling in love. And because these memories are the foundation, they're the, your first, they tend to be more impactful because A, it's when your memory is at its peak, but also you're replaying and rethinking it so many times because when you fall in love or you do something for the first time, anytime you experience those similar emotions, it's like, boom, that's going to be triggered anytime you experience something similar. You are going to remember those first strong memories. And I think it can kind of trick us into thinking that we can't get over our first because the memories are so strong. We think, oh, they must be strong for a reason. They must be strong because this was the right person for me. Or you're just remembering those good times and you can trick yourself into thinking that things were better then and that person was more right for you. And based off that research, based off that assessment, it's really not the case. Your memory just is holding on to it more because it was a first. And it was also when your memory was at its peak. I also think there's something to be said about the fact that you're frontal lobe isn't developed until you're like, what, 25? And I think everybody's had that experience, unless you're under the age of 25, of waking up one day and just realizing, oh my God, I see life completely different. Nobody tells you about that. Everybody talks about puberty. Everybody talks about high school and the things that you go through 
and that, but nobody talks about the moment when you're like 24, 25 and you wake up and life is just lifing a little bit differently. And I think there's just something to be said about getting into a relationship after that part of your brain develops because you're able to make more clear and logical decisions. And so it really do be crazy if you think about people getting into relationships before that happened. You are making a possibly life-changing decision getting into a relationship with somebody before your brain even has all the resources to make the right decisions. Now, I'm not saying if you got with someone before the age of 25, it's the wrong decision, but think about it. Like if you were going to put that on paper, if you're looking for a long-term match, let's say you're somebody interested in marriage and you want to make the most logical, best decision for your future. And you are given the option between making that decision when your brain doesn't have all the brain that it needs to make rational decisions. And also when your hormones are at their most chaotic and when you're more likely to make an impulsive decision based off of emotions versus when you're 25 and you have a little bit more life experience and you're not as naive, if you will, and you have all the tools to make the decision, you think, oh yeah, I should probably wait until that. So I think it's interesting to go back and look on how those first early relationships really impact how you make decisions as an adult, what relationships you get in after that. So I'm going to replay an episode for you now that we did a while back that I think still applies to this episode. So if you haven't heard it, I think this is a great time for you to listen because it applies so well to this main episode. Again, Amy from New Perspectives joins us for this bonus episode about how high school relationships impact you and how they change the decisions that you make moving forward after you get out of them. So let's get into it. Thanks for having me, Abby. Always love to be here with you guys. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I've had a lot of people come on and talk about their high school relationships or relationships that kind of like move from adolescence into adulthood. But there's always been like another topic where we can we could have like dove into on a breakdown bonus episode. And this is kind of the first time where I feel like we can really talk about how those young relationships impact us into adulthood, because this was a relationship that lasted for about four years was the classic scenario. They started dating in high school, they went to college and they broke up. And I feel like we all had that first love in high school that felt so strong and felt like maybe this could be a forever thing. And we're not like the other high school couples that break up. We're going to be different. And I'm curious from like a psychological standpoint, do first loves actually feel stronger than, you know, loves we would have in adulthood? Is there some kind of science to that or are we just young and naive? I think I think there's definitely something to it, because, you know, if you think about like when we're going through elementary school, middle school, it's all about kind of fitting in and finding our friends and finding our tribe and feeling like we're being picked on or are we being included? And then when we get to kind of the middle school, high school, we have that first romantic relationship or that first boyfriend, girlfriend. It's almost like, wow, I've been chosen. You know, I've been selected. This is my person. And then I think we begin to form some emotional and mental attachments to that person, to the concept of having that relationship. And, you know, it sometimes when there's all that petty stuff that goes on with friends, if you have your boyfriend or you have your girlfriend, you can kind of get through a lot of it because you know you've got someone and sometimes other people don't or if they do, it doesn't last. But I do think that we do start to form these mental attachments and then our emotions get wrapped up in that and our thought process get thought processes get wrapped up in that. And it really begins to form sort of an identity within ourselves of, you know, who we are in relationship to someone who this person is, that we've, that we, they value us enough, that we are valuable enough. And I do think that intensity of that, because we're so young, so we don't really have a lot of experiences to 
bump that up against. So this is our first real critical experience to say, you know, somebody wants me, somebody has connected to me and all the feels that go with that good, bad or indifferent. We they're really intense. Yeah. And if you're like me, I didn't receive a lot of romantic attention in high school. And I feel like it almost has the opposite effect of identity where you kind of go through those very pivotal years of not being chosen, if you will. And you sort of form like a hyper hyper independent identity. So how does forming a relationship in high school or at any young age, how does that impact somebody's identity as they're beginning to form it growing up? Yeah, well, again, it's the real formative years. Our brains are, are still developing into our adolescence and our adulthood. You know, there's a lot of research out there that says, you know, our brains continue to develop into our early 20s. That's why it's really important to make sure that we're feeding our brain chemically, nutritionally, you know, physiologically with the right things so that we don't throw that growth off track. So then I think when we're developing in our brain power and we're in these relationships, our brains attach to the relationship, to our identity within the relationship. And then that can have a lot of impact. You know, we learn a lot of skills in relationships. I don't know if we always think about it that way, but we learn and practice a lot of skills like negotiation and compromise and how to manage our emotions and how to manage our expectations and even like humility, like being humble and not prideful all the time. And so the relationships we have when we're young, if they nurture those kinds of, you know, skills, then we bring those in a healthy way into our adult relationships. But if they don't, or we've been in an abusive relationship, which I know a lot of your folks that you've interviewed have had abusive or assaultive experiences, that can really alter how we view ourselves and what we take into the next relationship. Sometimes we can even you know, begin to think that all relationships are going to be good if we had a good one in our first relationships or bad if we had a bad one. And sometimes we have to realize one does not necessarily indicate the next, but there are some implications for how we show up Mm. into those next relationships. So, I mean, you put out a lot of really good positives that could come from relationships like building skills. Can you talk about some of the benefits that can come from forming a relationship, say at like 16, 17, 18? I think it's a lot. Sometimes relationships, you know, we do this with our friends. Like we choose friends, usually our best friends who hopefully have similar values as us or similar beliefs or expectations or even goals. And that's what we begin to see we look for in relationships. So I think when we are in those early relationships, one of the benefits I think is just beginning to really hone in on what is important to me. You know, is this a relationship? This guy might be nice or this girl might be great, but long-term, do I see us parallel in our values, in our goals and where we want to go? Do I want to go to college, but my boyfriend or girlfriend maybe just wants to hang back and not that either one is right or wrong, but is that going to draw us closer? Is it going to separate us? Is it going to move us in the direction that I want to move? So I think a lot of the benefits are where we can really begin to start identifying what's important to us as we grow and learn and strengthen in who we are and then how we can, you know, add value to others you know, that we're in the relationship with, but also realizing that our goals and our dreams matter. So is this person going to be with me in that? Or is it maybe going to, I don't know, hold me back a little bit without feeling judgmental, but also looking at it's important for us to feel we can go where we want to go. So I think that's a lot of the benefits, just how we begin to identify what's important to us. And then we can see, is this person, you know, my person for the long term or maybe just for now? 
Yeah, well, kind of getting into that because so much changes when you're, you know, in your teen years, you're thinking about maybe going to college and you're thinking about maybe, um, you know, maybe going into a technical job. Like life is just constantly like up and down, up and down. And so I, these relationships can be so hard and I can imagine bring also a lot of negative effects to people growing up in these types of romantic relationships. Can you talk about some of the cons that could come from forming a relationship at this age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, kind of to the earlier point, just if it's not really in line with who you are, who you feel like you want to be, that's a con, especially if you feel like you are being made to feel like you need to compromise or change in any way. So we really want to be aware of that. And I think we're not always aware of that as a teenager because, or in our early adult or early adulthood, because we're just in the relationship in the moment. But really, you know, some of the cons can be if this relationship isn't moving me in the right direction, or if it isn't uplifting me, or actually if it's changing my own self-perception. Like, you know, I thought I was a good person or I thought I had goals, but you know, now I don't know, maybe, maybe I should just kind of hang back and just be with this person. And now we start to compromise where we want to go. So it's hard to say like specifically in my mind, what the pros and cons are, but I do think these early relationships help us determine what we want. And if it's not something that supports what we want and we can get in some of these relationships where, you know, we feel pulled or almost like we have to stay in that relationship. Like if I'm going to go off to college and my boyfriend, let's say, is going to not go off to college and he may be kind of encouraging me, let's just stay together. Let's just, I'll come up every weekend or you come back every weekend. I mean, if you feel that twinge, like I don't want to be limited like that that can be a real con if we don't know how to set that boundary. And I think one of the cons that can come out of these relationships is if we don't feel supported and we don't feel like it really is in the direction we want to go, we might have trouble setting boundaries, setting limits, setting expectations and taking care of ourselves and just allow the other person to sort of dictate what they want for us. And that's where it gets really tough because I do think like going off to college is a big thing. You know, you have these relationships, even if both parties have same goals, if they're going to go different places, I mean, what do you do if you're going to be three hours away or 3000 miles away? And how do you navigate that? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of stress. And I think, you know, as a parent myself of older, you know, kids in their twenties now, you know, you can forget that if you're parenting the kids in high school, how, much of a stressor that is. Oh, you guys will work it out. But in your mind, 24 seven, if you're in that relationship at that bridge, at that, you know, kind of crossroad in your life, it's a big deal. So I would hope that we can really kind of look at that and say, you know, I might feel like I love this person. I love the relationship, but I have to love myself enough to stand up for what I feel like I need, even if it means breaking up Mm -hmm. or you know, kind of setting the relationship aside temporarily to see. But a lot of us has gone, have gone through that, I know. So it's not an easy thing, but the cons can be that it just kind of forces us to stand up for ourselves. And are we able to do that? Yeah. Well, I love the fact that you pointed out that it's a big deal, you know, to to be in a romantic relationship, especially at these young ages, because I've always felt like the person that you form a romantic attachment with always is the most influence over you, which can just, I mean, when you're still developing is a huge, huge deal. And so I know I have a lot of parents listening who are maybe thinking in their mind, well, what's the right age to quote unquote, let my child start dating? I I know there's not like a magic age, but is there like an age range where you think that 
um, teenagers have started forming the capabilities to have healthy romantic relationships that can actually be beneficial. It's so funny you bring that up because in my counseling, a lot of times when I see like middle schoolers or even like fifth graders or fourth graders, even they're all talking about who they're dating, which basically they're not because they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. But they can be in touch. They got phones and they can, you know, get together if, if their parents drive them or whatever. But the relationship factor starts so young now a lot of times. And, you know, but I've actually known, I mean, some of my clients even, I've known like 10 and 11 year olds who are actually more emotionally mature than some of the 16 or 15 year olds that I work with. So it's really interesting where, not that necessarily they're mature enough to have a relationship, but they handle themselves, they handle their emotions, um, they manage themselves better. So it's interesting to think about like chronological age, I think, versus emotional age. And they don't always, match. So I feel like, you know, when we're thinking about that, you kind of have to look at each individual person. I mean, in, in your parents know their kids and parents might have more than one child and they would think to themselves, I don't know how these two kids or three kids are all mine because they are completely opposite personality wise and how they handle themselves. But you can't really treat each one the same. So, you know, you might have, a, you know, an older child or early adolescent who's maybe more man able to manage a little bit of a relationship, but you might have an older teen, you know, sophomore, junior in high school who really isn't ready. So I think you, you do have to kind of look at the person, how they manage their own emotions, how they manage their own selves, and then kind of look at it like that. I mean, our culture, you know, here, Western culture, we just kind of get, you know, in relationships at whatever age. But if you look at other cultures, they're predetermined at, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old before they're in our culture, we would think they're ever ready for a relationship. So a lot of it's culture. I think a lot of it is, you know, the family, the support, the personality. But to say exactly what age, if I had to, if I had to say, I would probably say high school. And then, you know, maybe like, you know, sophomore to senior year, just because it feels like you've had a little more life experience. You're kind of done adjusting from elementary to middle, from middle to high school. You're getting into your activities. You're setting up a life of your own before you attach it to someone else. And I do think that's another thing too. Like a lot of times these early relationships don't like even give us a chance to set up our own friend groups, our own activities. Then we start giving things up or not you know, investing in things because we're investing in these early relationships that may or may not be the one for the long haul, you know? No, I love that you said that because, I mean, these are the early years where, yes, like there could be so much benefit to learning how these important relationship skills in a romantic relationship, but also when you're single, you have the freedom to be able to learn so many other life skills and set up the foundation of where your future is going to go. Um, so how would like if somebody has 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 like a high school boyfriend and, um, you know, they dated for three years and they broke up. And, I, you know, I feel like that very first relationship can sometimes set the tone for the future relationships that you're going to have. How would you say that those early romantic experiences affect how we approach relationships in the future? I think there's a big impact, again, because we we learn as we go and we don't have a lot of life experience coming into our first relationship. So we learn from that relationship. We learn if relationships are supposed to be respectful. We learn if we're supposed what we're supposed to tolerate we learn if we're supposed to you know just let somebody make decisions for us or if we have a voice and then we take all of that 
with us. And I do think it's kind of under girded by what we've been raised with too. So like if you come from a family that's highly supportive and very engaged and really invests in you and really sees the best and builds you up, you're probably going to gravitate towards a first person relationship that does those things for you. And you probably wouldn't tolerate the opposite. But if you happen to be in a highly stressful family environment growing up, maybe a one parent, maybe both parents, but there's a lot of influences in there. It's a volatile or different things. You They don't show up to your games or they're always, you know, you got 10 different things. Everybody's busy. It might be the attachment then to the first relationship is I don't really care if I get exactly what my, what I need. This person has me like this person is with me and I need somebody with me. So it can really impact, you know, what we go into the relationship with is 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 kind of an impact on that. But then what we gain from that relationship, we're learning, oh, OK, I guess I guess guys can just say whatever they want and I just can't say it. Or, you know, I guess girls can just, you know, do whatever they want. I just have to go along with it. And then we learn that pattern. You know, in my marriage counseling sessions, a lot of times it's this isn't always the case, but a lot of times it's the guy who never speaks up in the relationship and then the and the girl the the wife who's always kind of dictating things but they think it's the opposite but when you get them talking she makes all the decisions and the rules about how things are supposed to go and he just follows along where did that come from neither one are exactly happy she wants him to step up and he wants her to back off but they can't seem to get there on their own but it just comes from previous things so who knows what those early relationships were like that maybe informed where they ended up now into a 10-year marriage with two kids you know well, and it's crazy, too, because it's also I mean, it's such a formative experience, but it's literally like two children who feel like adults trying to figure it out. And then all of that, I don't want to call it baggage, but like baggage comes out when you're like when you have finally found your person that you're going to spend, you know, the next 50 years with. I can imagine having to unlearn that is very challenging. It is. And, you know, as you say that, it makes me think, too, it's not even just that relationship it is the relationship that we've have viewed in our families or that we've been kind of a part of like did my dad or my mom expect things of me and i had to be that way and then there's kind of that dynamic that then we transfer into our romantic relationship or did i see a lot of volatility or a lot of calm and peace among my parents and then that kind of translates into what i begin to develop so it is really complicated but it's very fascinating because we are such relationship creatures but then i don't always know that we know what that means because we're learning as we go there's not like a manual that says, okay, so for your first relationship, here's the boxes you need to be checking. And if the person doesn't check these, move on. Like nobody gives us that. And I think even if they did, it probably wouldn't be 100% accurate. No, because there's so much gray area. And especially with like young relationships, I've I've always hated the phrase like right person, wrong time, but like falling in love or getting into a romantic situation when you're 16 and 17, like really is like, worst time case scenario because so much of your life is changing so much about you is changing and again like i said earlier i feel like it's like two kids just trying to figure it out and it can just really um it can just be really messy to to pick up the pieces when it ends i mean i know people who are still getting over their first loves and um just the impact that that leaves i know can be incredibly challenging to get over into adulthood 
For sure. And then, you know, again, we don't have any, we've never gone through it before. So how do we know how to go through it? And then a lot of times people in our lives who are maybe trying to support us minimize it. Oh, you'll get over it. Oh, you've got other, there's better fish in the sea. You're going, you've got so much ahead of you. And all that's probably true, but it doesn't feel helpful in the moment. There's just not a lot of, there's not a handbook for going through it. And there's not a handbook for how to support, you know, people going through it, but you're right. I do think, you know, that first love, that's, sticks with us for so many reasons and the, if the breakup from it if that does happen can be very difficult to overcome just because our emotions our mindset our identity are all wrapped up in that even if it was a three or four month relationship or a three or four year relationship depending on how deep you know intense it was how much we saw each other how much we did together did we isolate ourselves from our friends that happens a lot too right like we have friend groups then we start dating now we then we're not as much in our friend groups then if we break up some of our friend groups don't want us back because we ditched them during the relationship. There's just so much that can happen. So it's very complicated. And, you know, it's not like everybody needs therapy if they go through a breakup. But I do think everybody needs somebody that can be of support to them and not judge them and be there to listen and, you know, just to kind of know that there's somebody in their corner for that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It can sound like really getting into a relationship can just be (laughs) worst case scenario. Like you're going to go through this breakup no matter what, and everyone's going to tell you to get over it. But I do love that we did point out some positives in the beginning. So I would love to end on like a happy note that if you just from like your experience with working with clients and what you know about early adolescent relationships, like for parents listening who maybe have kids entering their first romantic relationship for people reflecting on their first love, what would you say is like the number one good thing, good benefit that people can learn and take away from their own early romantic experiences? Is it like the skills that they learn? Is it, you know, what is it? What's something good that we can take with us with that early romantic experience? All right. Something good. Something good. All right. Yes. I think the skills is good for sure. I would say if we had if we had that relationship early on and we had the breakup and we're here now, we can absolutely know we can conquer and we can get through things because in the midst of it. And that's true for anything that's difficult in the midst of it. We don't know how we're going to ever survive. We don't know how life is going to ever be without whatever it is, that person or whatever, but we can do it. So there is, we are not bound to that as the be all end all of our life. And if we are in any way, that is definitely something we need to flag for future relationships. We don't ever want to get in a situation where we feel like we can't move forward without that. We can feel like we can move forward better with it, but we don't ever want to discount ourselves to the point where if I don't have that, I can't do this. So I think maybe the biggest takeaway would be we can do it and we can do it well and we can do many things well and we are valuable in in just all of that. So I don't know, something like that is what I'm thinking. Like we can do it and we do it and we move forward. <laughs> no, I think I think that's such an important takeaway because I used to be a youth leader for high school girls. And let me tell you, like when the boy that they liked didn't like them back or if they were going through a breakup, like it really was such a hit to their self-esteem and their self-worth. And I think knowing that you can get past that and have like reforming your identity apart from that person is such an important takeaway, even for adults. So I think that was the perfect thing to say. All right. Good deal. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Amy. Did we did we miss anything? Have we covered anything? Anything that 
maybe is lingering in the back of your mind when it comes to young love and young breakups? Oh man, I think you covered it. I think you might need to have a group form on your do a <laughs> podcast group, a support group for that population of any kind. That would be helpful, and you'd be great to facilitate that. But <laughs> no, I think you covered it great. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thank you for coming on again to everyone listening. I'll have Amy's info linked in the episode description, and I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.